Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons, because we will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. So we decided, let's connect with them and pick their brains. But first, a little background. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college who loves working with students, faculty, and staff. I am not Asian. (laughs) Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I am a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York for many years and have been thinking about our future home. So we'll be speaking to folks from around the country and now around the world who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their stories and we will share their intimate secrets. No. I'm just kidding, Jean. But we will provide information that you may not find anywhere else. So stay tuned. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited. We're going to chat with Richard Joins about Phuket, Thailand. This is our second Asian country. Remember, we did Bali. So we're slowly inching north, Jean. I pray we reach China soon. Hmm. Phuket is the largest island in Thailand. There are about 600,000 plus residents. The island is about 30 miles long and 13 miles wide. 70% of Phuket's area is covered with mountains, which stretch from north to south. And Phuket looks absolutely heavenly. If you go to Google Images, you will simply melt. All you will see is blue seas. So I was reading about some of Thailand's interesting laws. Did you know that it's illegal to step on Thai currency, Gene? Did not know that. Do yeah, you, I mean, do you need intent. I don't know. Maybe I don't know premeditation. And, and but but what if you do? Is the Thai police going to jump in? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and you're not allowed to leave Thailand with any images of the Buddha, religious art, or antiques without a permit. And when I say images, it's um, known as a 3D structure, if you will, you know, anything that uh, is made of metal, wood, stone. So that's what image means. Jean, you know that I have that beautiful Thai princess statue in our garden? I sure do. You wouldn't let me touch it. <laughs> and she's carrying that beautiful lotus flower. Well, I am glad I did not get that in Thailand. I mean, otherwise I'd be behind bars. And you know, I do want to get some from Thailand, but I wonder how difficult it is to obtain that permit. Hmm. A bit of background about our guest. Richard was born and raised in London. He attended boarding school in Essex, which is about 80 miles north of London. He worked in London as a construction project manager. Then he became a partner in a firm and moved to New York City in 1979 to open an American office. About 20 years later, he visited Vietnam on vacation, and as he says, excuse the cliche, I was blown away. (laughs) Accordingly, he knew he had to involve Vietnam in his life in some way, 
So he enrolled at NYU to learn Vietnamese. Wow. As he learned more and was introduced to many people connected to Vietnam, he closed his business and moved there. He lived there for five years volunteering with NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations, building schools and housing in poor rural areas. However, living in Vietnam was quite challenging. Terrible weather, no long-term visas. So in 2012, he moved to Phuket, Thailand, which has great climate, great health care and infrastructure and 90 minutes away from Vietnam by air, and where he's able to get a yearly retirement visa. Richard has a daughter in California and a sister in England. His interests include sailing, movies, and history. Nice. So Richard, welcome to Retire There. And my big question initially is, what captivated you about Vietnam? If it wasn't for the noisy people and the long-term visa, you would have stayed. So, so what was so special about Vietnam? Uh, It's it's very hard. It's like when people ask, used to ask me, "What do you like about New York?" You know, uh, I'm I'm not very, um, I'm not much of a cultured person, so I, you know, I wouldn't say the Met or this or the other. It's just the energy and the excitement and the feel of New York, and there's very much the same in Vietnam. I, I hate to leave the impression of like I couldn't stand it because the people were noisy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same was same was a little bit true of New York, and I think I, I mentioned before once that the great Anthony Bourdain expressed it exactly the way I felt, which was that uh, Vietnam grabs you from the moment you arrive and never lets you go. Mm. I, I had an, I have, a, as I said, an interest in history and especially military history. And although I guess luckily I was in the UK during the American War, um, so I wasn't faced with uh, the draft or anything, but I, I was pretty aware of their history, not just the American war, but the French war and the Chinese and everything else. Mm -hmm. The most amazing thing about the Vietnam is the people, Um, their resilience, clearly 2000 years, they've been trying to get rid of foreigners and yet they are so friendly and so welcoming of foreigners. They are so keen to join the world again um, because America punished them quite severely after the Mm -hmm. war. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that, got me involved there was in my classes, I met with a lot of people who were working to restore normalized relations between what was Indochina and uh, the US. And I think the other the, the other thing was that it is so, I've been to Thailand once before, many, many years ago, but Thailand even then, and that was, as I say, 20 or 30 years ago, it, it didn't feel totally Asia. Vietnam, you feel like you're, particularly when I went, the time when I went stepping back, not only in time, but into a a completely different world. Uh, I remember very clearly, we flew to Hanoi to start with and driving in from, uh, we had a, a, um, back then, this is 1999, you had to do everything with government approval. Um, We were met, you know, we had minders and all that kind of stuff, driving into Hanoi and realizing that we were the only motorized transport on the road um (laughs) (laughs) everything else was bicycles uh, ox carts and you know this is not that long ago 1999 yeah 
the 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 people were so amazing uh it was so different so new um, the countryside is absolutely stunning you know i have a huge affection for vietnam and i'm still involved in in several projects there and sponsoring uh, students and so forth but it is it's a little like new york when i lived in new york you know you go away for the weekend and you drive back across the George Washington Bridge and you feel the muscles in the back of your neck start to tighten up <laughs> oh, again. <yeah. laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and yet it is an amazing place to live. But there comes a point where it's like, okay, enough. I mean, right. <laughs> I know. When your neighbor has a karaoke machine on his roof, which, which is very, very common in Vietnam, oh, um, <laughs> insists on, on uh, and the Vietnamese, God love them, they only have off and full volume. There's no, like, <laughs> it's all, uh, what was that great line? Right. You know, this goes to 11. Um, yes. Everything is 11. After a while, it gets to be you know, yeah. a little bit too much. Uh, I started, I mean, the, the, the principal motivation was, I think, was the visa situation. It became, you know, and it was always changing in terms of whether you could get an extension without leaving the country or you had to leave the country. Since we're talking about retirement, I mean, people who, Vietnam is not an inviting place to retire because of this visa situation. And of course, now it's impossible with COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't do border runs. The same is true of people who are living full-time in Thailand. You can get a retirement, what they call a retirement visa. It's not, strictly speaking, it's not a visa. It's it's an extension of stay based on retirement. Uh, you have to be over 50. This is Thailand now I'm talking about. You have to be over 50, and then you have to meet certain financial requirements. Um, there are two options. You either have to have a fair amount of money, about 800000 uh, close to $30,000 in a Thai bank uh, for You've got to have $30,000 for, uh, I think it's two months before you ex- apply for an extension and then leave it there for three months after you've applied for an extension, huh. after you've got your extension. You can then let it drop to half of that amount until the next time you have to extend. Okay. Uh, the alternative, you have to have income from overseas of uh, 65000 Thai baht, which is about uh, $2,000. And you have to show when you apply for your extension, you have to show that that money has come in every month from a foreign bank account. Okay. So people who either don't have the money, I mean, like, (laughs) this will come as no surprise that there are ways around it if you employ an agent um, (laughs) for an ungodly amount of money, Mm -hmm. or you uh, do what a lot of people who don't can't meet the requirements do, which is to come in on a tourist visa and then do a border run. You literally go to the, the nearest border and for Phuket. Phuket, that's uh, actually Myanmar, which is <laughs> not a great place to go right now, mm-hmm. um, or to Malaysia and then or Laos. And literally, you know, you, you walk across the bridge in Laos, they stamp your passport, you walk back again and oh. you get another. You get oh, another I was wondering six- what that was. Yeah. Okay. You get another thirty or sixty days or whatever, but of course, that's all of this has been thrown into disarray by COVID. So, um, so in the know, past, what, people would do that easily. You would literally walk over the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I've, 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 I haven't done it, but I've, I've been up there. I, I went up there with a friend of mine who was doing it. You know, we had breakfast. He walked across the bridge, and <laughs> by lunch, by lunchtime, he was back with a with a, a, a new visa, and you know, that was that. That's a serious um, loophole. Yeah. Well, yes, but we're spending money. You know, we're supporting mm. tourism and expats are, are probably anywhere between twenty and twenty five percent of Thailand's like GDP. So. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been very seriously hurt by COVID. Okay, so that answers the Vietnam question. Now, sorry, a very long answer. To no, 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 no. <laughs> we knew, and I mean, I certainly expected that because it was all about Vietnam, right? The next big question is why Phuket? I can imagine your answer for Bangkok. Uh, noise, right? Uh, or maybe crowded uh, circumstances like New York. But why Phuket? Well, actually, it's good when you say about Bangkok because switching back to the mm-hmm. Vietnam again for a second. But I mean, Saigon, uh, which is what most people still call it, okay. including the Vietnamese, it is like a mini, or actually not so much mini. It's developing so fast, a mini Bangkok. The downside of the comparison is that Bangkok, you can get to the beach, the coast within ninety minutes or so, uh, or less. Saigon is four or five hours because the roads are so bad and, and oh, you know, it'll okay. gradually improve. And a lot of people, a lot of retirees in Thailand, you mentioned about uh, stepping on the Thai money. Yeah. Um, the reason for that is that the king, his picture is on the money. Ah. Right, um, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are very strict laws in Thailand protecting the king, Majesty. the royal family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us who carry our money folded up in our back pockets. So it seems <laughs> to be okay to sit on the king. <laughs> I love it. But, but but not to stand on him, you know. So. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Why I chose uh, Phuket. Basically, uh, I, as I was thinking about um, like where where can I live that's close enough to Vietnam to get here, get back here or back there relatively easily, um, but has a you know a better visa situation. And so I had friends who lived in Malaysia who have Malaysia has a, a program called M2H, I think it's called Malaysia Second Home, oh. uh, where you can get a ten year visa with a whole bunch of wow. you know obviously wow. financial and other requirements mm-hmm. and i had friends who uh, had actually moved from vietnam to penang in malaysia so mm-hmm. I, I started to think well maybe i'll look at i'll take a look at the um, back then it was the west coast of malaysia so that's malacca penang langkawi so i toured up and down the coast and visited my friends and then when i got to langkawi which is another island closest to thailand and i was looking at the map and i saw oh phuket's just up there you know it's not far away and i'd heard of phuket i'll go and have a look so i went to phuket and it was like it's hard to describe i sort of thought oh yeah I could live here. This place is really nice. (laughs) And it just so happened that the Phuket International Boat Show was on that weekend or whenever I was there. And I'd always had passion for boating. I used to have a boat when I lived in the UK. I suddenly thought, yeah, all the time I'd been in Vietnam, I I loved it generally, but I, I never found anywhere where I thought, yeah, I could stay here. I could live here. But as soon as I got to Phuket, that that changed. I felt you know, I mean, the weather was gorgeous. This is January, which is the high season. It's dry then, or drier then, pretty mm-hmm. dry. And it's only about, I have to go back to uh, 
Fahrenheit now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the highest temperature then would be about 85 or 90, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which some people regard as hot, but it was pretty, it was just really nice. So uh, I didn't well, really. Because it's dry, anywhere. right? Because it's uh, dry. No, no, it's humid. It's, oh. it's not your. Uh, it's, not, it's, not humid. your it's not. It's not your phoenix. Uh, you know, <laughs> okay. 120, but it's dry. So yeah. you're right. It's still 120. Yeah, I don't buy uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I didn't sort of search then all over Thailand to see whether this was the right place. I, well, I wasn't kind of that organized. It was just like, yeah, this feels really nice. You know, I mean, subsequently, obviously, I've, I've been around Thailand a bit. It's actually confirmed that I'm in the best place in Thailand, oh, um, nice. mm-hmm. in, in my view. I mean, the places that expats are uh, attracted to um, generally are not not that many. I mean, there's a lot of expats in Bangkok, but they're mostly working. You know, mm. yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what the numbers are, but I, I don't know that many people retire to Bangkok. They tr- they tend to be either uh, in Phuket or in Chiang Mai in the north, or place called, called uh, Hua Hin, which is about uh, it's on the coast, about uh, 90 minutes south of Bangkok. Mm-hmm. And I did go and have a look at that after I'd moved to, to Phuket, but it wasn't nearly as nice it, mm-hmm. in my view. I mean, everybody has a different Sure. I mean, Chiang Mai is beautiful, a lot of very uh, fascinating temples and architecture, but it gets pretty cold in the winter, a bit like Hanoi, which you wouldn't imagine gets to be 12 12 degrees centigrade, which is, or even colder, can be zero in the north of of, uh, Vietnam and Mm -hmm. and in north of Thailand Mm because not that far away. And it's damp and cold. And then in the summer... Mm-hmm. It's incredibly hot, although <laughs> there you go. Relative to what's happening in the southwest of the US right now, <laughs> about the same. Oh, uh, only yeah. humid. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be forty degrees, forty-five degrees centigrade, but humid. Now Phuket has. Uh, I sound like the tourist authority of Thailand. Has everything you need. It has beautiful. It has some of the best beaches anywhere. You you mentioned the mountains. It Mm -hmm. it has mountains. The downside is it's becoming so, or at least before COVID, so um, developed. It's it's going a bit the same way as Bali, where each town kind of blends into the next one, or should I say bleeds into the next one. But there are areas where you can, once you, like anywhere, once you live there and you find your way around, that there are places you can go that are more isolated but it's got great beaches it's got tremendous healthcare, great shopping centers uh, i think i said in my reply to you it's got uh, great infrastructure although it's getting a little bit too much infrastructure mm. a lot of that infrastructure now is looking very empty because of covid and everything else so god knows what's going to happen to it mm-hmm. but it, it has everything you need and it has an international airport with direct flights to almost everywhere. I mean, it's wow. probably the most convenient. I mean, you, you're the experts, but I would think it's probably one of the most convenient retirement locations because the the direct flights, as I say, everywhere. Wow. Where in Phuket are you relative, let's say, to the airport? Is it a 15-minute drive or or? I'm I'm about thirty minutes from the airport. Oh, nice! Uh, I used to live on the west coast. Like Phuket is, 
on the west coast of Thailand. Uh, okay. Thailand is shaped, uh, they always say, a bit like an elephant's head. The, the bulk of the country in the head, yes, yes, which is all of the the, the north, the centre, Bangkok, everything you you, you uh, Chiang Mai, mm-hmm. and then the trunk goes down mm-hmm. the peninsula towards Malaysia. It sort of butts up against Myanmar on its way down. Mm-hmm. So on that peninsula, you've got the west coast, which is where Phuket is, that faces the the Andaman Sea, which is part of the Indian Ocean. So if wow. I if I went due west from Phuket in my boat and didn't stop, I mean, other than drowning, I I would end up in uh, in in India because oh, it's okay. right across the the other side of the peninsula is the Gulf of Siam. Okay, and there are quite a few expats living in uh, Samu- all, all islands called K-O-H, Kop. Mm. So Kop Samui, there's a whole bunch of islands in the Gulf of Siam that are also tourist based and therefore dying right now. Mm. I used to live on the west coast of Phuket, which, okay. is, which is where all the good beaches are. Ah, nice. And that's facing the Andaman Sea, facing okay. the Indian Ocean. Do you rent? Do you own? And, and Yeah, I... You- I after I, I bought a boat, <laughs> mm-hmm. I moved from that location to a marina on the east side of the island, which is away from the main tourist areas. Oh. I also rent I rent a, a one-room apartment, I guess it is, in a hotel in the marina. Ooh, so nice. I'm, I'm living in, <laughs> in the marina because of my boats there. Quite uh, the retirement there, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know i feel so guilty <laughs> you can get room service every night <laughs> it's not a very big it's not a big boat <laughs> yeah i bet um, and, and uh, yeah but retiree i mean the housing is one of the attractions of, of thailand for retirees of course is that the cost of living is you know pretty pretty much lower obviously than than Certainly lower than Los Angeles. Oh, that's right. We're we're uh, you're coming in from LA right now, visiting your daughter there. So right. yeah. So can you give us um, some actual figures? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we shouldn't compare to LA or or Manhattan. Uh, a one bedroom. What might that be? People tell me I'm crazy because I live in a one bedroom in a hotel and it's relatively expensive. But my friends who are retired there, you can rent a two bedroom three bedroom house for anywhere from 3 to 500 dollars a month wow wow that's great yeah. and phuket is the most expensive place in thailand so <laughs> 3 to 500 dollars us dollars a month yeah. yeah nice okay okay i'm sorry i cut you off no no and you know good very good quality housing condominium apartment is probably going to run you more again it's like everything else depending on the location can be uh up well i mean there are villas you know there are there mm-hmm. are five bedroom villas with a pool that'll run you a thousand two thousand dollars a month what's the uh, difference but, but, between a villa and a non-villa because <laughs> we hear people use that about a thousand dollars about a thousand dollars it's just just the way they could charge you more yeah, yeah. um what is that is a pool or yeah, it's a really good question. I don't know what is the difference. Usually, villas have pools and mm-hmm. have more than two bedrooms, ah. uh, and they tend to be in um, either in hotels or in more luxurious developments. Ah, okay. Are I lived on the boat for a year, but 
Uh, oh, oh, that must the, be the nice. Thai immigration don't accept a boat as a oh wow as a permanent residence. You have really. So I had to I, yeah, I had to rent a room that I never used. You know, like for about oh. like I don't know a couple of hundred bucks a month. I had an address somewhere so that when I got my visa, I you know and. <laughs> The, the ties are a little bit, not a little bit, they're very bureaucratic. And, oh, yeah. Uh, they're always changing the rules about what you, what paperwork you have to have. And you have to have a picture of you standing outside your address with the number visible. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, okay, so anyone can do that? <laughs> well, I'm literally, I mean, my, uh, where I live doesn't, I mean, it has the number of my room, but not the yeah. number of the street address. <laughs> On my front door, right. So, and, yeah. and you can go and stand outside anybody's house. Exactly. Take a picture. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I always wanted to find out, you know, where the immigration guy lived, and take a picture outside his house and see if he recognised it. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> so, have have you taken your boat to another country, and is that doable? I mean, given that all all things in this discussion are subject to COVID, pre pre COVID, uh, pro, yeah, pro, pro, yeah, pre COVID. Uh, yes, very easily. And in fact, my, my boat is registered in Malaysia. Previous owner had it registered there. I, I don't want it registered in Thailand. Or if I re-register it in Thailand, I have to pay uh, value-added tax. Mm. Uh, wow. So technically, the pre-COVID, every once a year, I would have to take the boat back down to Malaysia, which is only a couple of days away. Stamp my um, log myself out of Thai waters and log back in again. COVID has actually trapped uh, quite a lot of people in Phuket because it Phuket is a is a fairly major uh, center for sailing because it's the waters around the island are so beautiful. A lot of little islands are even more spectacular than Phuket. And I have quite a few friends now who have been there since March of last year. They, wow. Phuket has lots of um, very highly qualified boat maintenance people and improvement. And a lot of people come there to get like new teak decking put on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they got stuck because all the borders shut down in March, April last year. Mm. I have friends who sailed from Australia, um, from Europe, and they they're faced with the, the the problem of what do we do? Do we leave the boat here and hope it's okay for you know, God knows how long and go home? <laughs> or do we stay here and we have to keep getting extensions on their visas and so on? It was very easy to sail to uh, Myanmar, for example. That's only a couple of days north. But again, mm. you don't want to go there right now since the yeah. coup. To go anywhere else like Vietnam, you have to go all the way around Singapore. So it's a long, long way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Singapore is about four or five days sail away. But, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but the idea is to try and restart tourism, uh, particularly in Phuket, because Phuket relies, I think, last number I saw, 96% of its income is tourism. Wow. Um, so you mentioned about 600,000 people living there um there aren't 600,000 people living there right now mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the ties uh, have gone home a lot of the people who work in phuket um in the, particularly in the hospitality industry and and uh, other areas 
uh, oh, they don't live come here. from up the north of the country, which is very poor, mm-hmm. basically just rice growing, uh, not yeah. much employment. So they come to Bangkok or Phuket to work. Uh, right. They've all right. gone home because there's no work. So you learned Vietnamese. Uh, did you learn Thai? I'll, I'll take a step back and say, uh, to say I learned Vietnamese is... Um, <laughs> A little bit of an exaggeration. Uh, um, <laughs> Vietnamese, like Thai, is a very, very, very difficult language. It's a tonal, a tonal language, right. uh, meaning there are five tones, uh, like raise, rising, lowering, rising, mm-hmm. then lowering, lowering, then rising, yeah. and yeah, all like Chinese. Yeah, yeah, five, five words could be spelt the same, but depending <laughs> on your tone. <laughs> yes. Could either mean your mother or something much worse. You know, um, the, the the great advantage of Vietnam is that they use our alphabet. It was introduced to them by a Portuguese originally uh, uh, missionary. Mm. Uh, so they use so, uh, and I'm a very visual kind of person. So if I can see how a word is spelt, I can kind of you know sound it out. Plus, they have little marks that show mm. whether it's rising or. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thai is hieroglyphics. It's all one long. They, they they have forty-four letters in their alphabet. They don't have gaps between the words. So a sentence will be an entire oh my string God. of, uh-huh, of, uh-huh. of you know, and, and if you get given some pa- paperwork, you know, sometimes you're turning it around to see oh. which way up it's supposed to go. And, <laughs> I hear there's um, less than three thousand words. Does that make sense? Yeah, I haven't heard that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I've been. I was reading like twenty eight hundred, twenty nine hundred, but no more than. I mean, I did, I did, I did take Thai lessons for about the first six months, um, and people had said to me beforehand that the, the the best way to learn to speak Thai is to learn to write it first. Oh, but then I thought this is like, um. You know, you you start off learning, you know, obviously simple things like, do you want to go to the beach? You know, mm-hmm. and how are you, and how old are you, and what? Mm-hmm. And you come up against the usual problem is if you say something to a Thai person or Vietnamese in their own language, assuming that I mean, I found in Vietnam in Vietnam all the time, they don't expect you to speak Vietnamese. So mm-hmm. when you do, their first reaction is. Is that some kind of English I don't, I haven't heard before? <laughs> you know, even though my pronunciation, I was told by my Vietnamese friends, was really good. It's the most frustrating thing in the world because you'd be sitting with a Vietnamese friend or whatever, and you say something, and the, whoever it is you're talking to, the waiter or whatever it is, will, will go, huh? you know, <laughs> and the Vietnamese person will say it exactly the same way. Oh, and interesting. Your friend, you know, and then the other person, will, oh, that, you know. <laughs> Well, that's what I said. You know. right. um, and also, if you're a male, I understand you have to end in this particular right. word. And then if you're a female, it's ka. So I found right. that the female was was uh, easier. Well, the, yeah, the, the male is krup, which is mm-hmm. in our phonetic spelling would be K-H-R-U-P. Right. Uh, but the ties have great difficulty to say the R. Word. I mean, it's, they roll. if you're a linguist, it would be fascinating to understand how the Vietnamese, for example, have no problem with the, the letter R. Mm-hmm. So cup becomes cup. Mm-hmm. So Vietnamese would say cup. So, and the word for 
foreigner. The uh, slang word for foreigner in Thai is, is farang, F-A-R-A-N-G. And there's a lot of discussion about where does that come from and is it an insult? A lot of people get, a lot of expats get all bent out of shape because they think it's an insult, but, it, you know, it's not really. Yeah, yeah. And I think the the most accepted uh, version is it's a it's a bastard. That, no, it's not the right word. What's it? It's a, oh, I yeah, I get it, that. It comes from, from their word for French because... Uh. You know, the French were the first people, or at least one of the first people, Portuguese and the French were the first foreigners they saw. So that we would say farang if you saw it written. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say phalang, you know. Oh. You know, it's like the old <laughs> thing about fried lice, you know. Uh, so so you end up saying cup instead of crap. Uh, okay, uh, okay, okay. But the the that's very formal that where you're supposed to you're supposed to end every sentence with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Women tend to, I notice it more with women it, it, announcements in in supermarkets or on TV. It, it, everything is cat, cat, and, and actually, it's easier. <laughs> what easier? Yeah. Um, anyway, I, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah. I did, I did, I did take classes for six months or so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I soon realised that you talked about three thousand words. I think general rule of thumb is that you need about two or three thousand words to be able to converse freely yeah. and you got to my age you know and I, <laughs> if i learn if i rem, if i learn one or two new words a week i figured <laughs> it's going to take me 20 years to uh, so um, so you can get by without the language then oh yeah yeah there's a yeah. lot of expats uh, i guess and and uh, or a yeah. lot of the people yeah. speak yeah i mean again it's uh inter- i always find it interesting to compare uh, Vietnam and Thailand in in many ways, but the English proficiency in Thailand is one of the lowest uh, in the world, let alone in maybe the lowest in in Asia. Vietnam is one of the highest. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Which, which again is a to me is a sign of how much the Vietnamese want to join the rest of the world. Oh, uh, interesting. The Thais, you know, were never colonized. They tend to uh, think that this was to their credit, like they had something to do with it. <laughs> They're they, proud, they, yeah. yeah. They, they don't sort of acknowledge that the reason they were never colonised is the British and the French found it convenient to have a buffer in between their two empires, a bit like, you know, it was convenient to have Switzerland and Sweden neutral during the war so people right. could do all their stuff, you know, in a neutral country. Right, right. Um, so the, the, the ties have a relatively little interest in the rest of the world many ties who get married and move to other parts of the world always they want to come home you know mm. vietnamese can't wait to get out of vietnam <laughs> they they assume <laughs> that, that everywhere else in the world has got to be better than vietnam i mean they're very oh. patriotic they they very uh, they love their country but they think that you know everything in korea or in thailand or America or Australia, it's got to be better. Wow. The ties, it's the reverse, mm. complete reverse. Talk about the the healthcare. You said it was great healthcare, and what does that entail? Yes, I mean the the well, they have uh, four or five top notch hospitals. Two or three of them are government run. It's hard to keep track because this large healthcare group keeps buying up more hospitals, mm. and they've got at least two or three uh, private hospitals. 
where so you walk in the lobby and it's like going into a five-star hotel i mean oh, it, wow. it, it's uh <laughs> there you know somebody will greet you will take you to wherever your appointment is uh some of the best coffee to be had in oh wow in, <laughs> it's called it's called bangkok hospital but it's bangkok hospital phuket mm-hmm. um a lot of the doctors are have been trained in the West or have spent time in the West. I have a um, cholesterol, uh, like a lot of people, a cholesterol mm-hmm. issue. Uh, so I have a um, you know a heart specialist. She, I noticed at my first point, she has a University of Michigan mug <laughs> behind her. That most most of the doctors I speak English or mm, you know there there are people there who can speak good English. It, it's a lot cheaper than in the West. I can get a consultation, maybe ninety or a hundred dollars. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you spend twenty minutes with a doctor here, and, and it's going to be four or five hundred dollars. Right, right. Um, you know, of course, there are lots of expats who are living there on uh, just their pension, and they're always moaning about how expensive the private hospitals are. So they'll go and stay, or they'll go to the the public hospitals the interesting thing is that it's the same doctors they sort of rotate really they're like two or three days in interesting okay so if you're financially conscious and you don't mind waiting the chances are you the service is going to be a lot slower that there's a very good chance you'll see the same doctor that you would have done (laughs) in the private hospital you don't get the five-star welcome and right you're sitting in a giant room and Right. Uh, all, all the rest of it. A friend of mine, he had a, a bad accident on his motorbike and his leg was badly damaged. And he went, he didn't have a lot of money. So he went and he was in a giant ward with about 20 other people. <laughs> a group of us said, Look, why don't you take a private room? We'll help, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, No, I quite like the, you know, I get bored on my own <laughs> until, <laughs> until the guy in the next bed died. Oh, oh my God. And they left, and they left him there for, oh, no. Like, over 24 hours oh and family was coming in taking <gasps> selfies with the corpse <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god <laughs> so there are certain certain disadvantages to the public hospital so, oh, so um, do you have do you have private health insurance or do do you pay out of pocket i i pay out of pocket i did have oh. um from the US, I had my medical insurance, mm-hmm. uh, but it got to be so staggeringly expensive with a mm-hmm. massive deductible. Like I had to pay the first $10,000 or something. Oh, yeah. Wow. Since I'm on a retirement visa, I've, I've got to satisfy all these other financial requirements. And, and mm-hmm. logic would tell you that the reason they want you to have that money is so you won't become a, a burden. Burden, uh, yeah. I mean, every, every year, half dozen or a dozen maybe tourists have an accident or need medical treatment and then they skip out without paying. So it's like a lot of things in life, you know, Mm -hmm. we all suffer for those few cases where that happens. Right, right. You know, I'm over 70, so trying to get medical insurance now is very, very challenging. What about pharmacies? Uh, We know that in you know, certain Latin countries, it's very easy to just walk into a pharmacy and, and oh, yes. show the bottle. How about there? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can get anything without a subscription. You can get anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> wow, cool. 
and it's and it's pretty inexpensive, right? Yes, it, it, it's a lot cheaper in pharmacies than it is in the private hospitals. I mean, that's one of the big, I think, genuinely valid complaints about the private hospitals is that they do really. Ham- I mean, <laughs> I guess it's inevitable if you're the cost of seeing the doctor is lower, they're going to make it up somewhere. So my Lipitor for my cholesterol, mm-hmm. you know, at first, because there's like 30 baht to the dollar, things are usually in, come to be in thousands, you know. <laughs> uh, it's not as bad as Vietnam where there's like 15 or 20,000 Vietnam bomb to the dollar, so everything there is in millions. Oh, when, you, when you see lots of zeros, you yeah. sort of think, "Oh my god!" You know, but then <laughs> after you after you figure it out, you think, yeah, oh, okay, it's only sixty bucks or whatever. You know, <laughs> right, like, right. It's like right. breakfast in breakfast in Venice for one person. <laughs> <laughs> right, the Thai bot is a little more manageable, although yeah. the the euro or <laughs> or the pesos can be a little confusing too sometimes. Yeah. Hmm. In terms of the hospital and the pharmacies, and do you have a regular um, primary physician that you can easily get an appointment with, or is that like a wait? It's an interesting. Question. I don't know that anybody has a has a like a like a GP. Interesting. That, that, yeah, pretty much people go, you know, for whatever specialty they they need on a number of the uh, Facebook expat group pages. You know, every now and again, somebody will say, you know, do you know of a good uh, orthopedist in this area or whatever? And there's always, you know, four or five replies, oh, four okay. or five suggestions. Of mm-hmm. different, you know. Okay. So there is. isn't. I, I always go to yeah. Bangkok Hospital because it's very reliable. And also, you if know, you need, if you have like some symptoms and and um, you, you think you need medical assistance, uh, you can just go to the hospital like. Oh yeah, yeah. Instead of yeah. my calling up my GP, okay. No, you just call the ambulance. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and the, I don't know about all the hospitals. My most, well, pretty much all my experiences. This one is the, the main Bangkok hospital. Okay. It's called Bangkok Hospital, but it's in Phuket. Everything is on the computer. All the different. So all all my specialists for all my mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. for uh, all your ailments. Ailments, you know, and and I I regularly see. The the lady I mentioned who went to uh, University of Michigan, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, she'll pull up my records and see mm-hmm. that I've got an appointment with, uh, I don't know, yeah. I've got a hand issue, and mm-hmm, she, mm-hmm. when you come in for that, yeah, come and yeah. see me, and you know, so and they've got everything in in one place, so okay, okay, uh, it's very efficient, very uh, good. All right. So what what basically is would be the cost of uh, private healthcare? If I were to move there and I'm a retiree, insurance or treatment? What's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> tell, tell me, give me your list yeah. of ailments. So you yeah, have no, a week. No. Insurance, <laughs> in, in insurance rather. If you're a retiree over seventy, I, I honestly don't know what the uh, most people self-insure. To be frank, my friends who are retirees, I, I don't know anybody who's got a Thai medical insurance. Okay. Policy. Oh, interesting. Um, Okay. Yeah, I have a question. So your daughter is in California. Forget about right. COVID. How, how often do you go back? And did you ever think about retiring there? Pre-COVID, I would come every six months. A, to see my daughter, of course, uh, but also because I'm not a U.S. citizen. I'm a green card holder. You're not supposed to leave the country for more than six months. 
I would come back. So there was never any issue with uh, losing my, my status. And how long would you stay in the States? Three or four weeks, twice oh, okay. a year. Okay. I thought about it. Then the question becomes where. I, I sort of fantasize about Taos or Santa Fe. Mm. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then I look at the wildfire situation. And, uh, <laughs> and you go, no. <laughs> uh, and the water, the lack of water. and uh, Yeah. I guess I spent the last few years sort of thinking in five-year dollops. I sort of think, well, you know, when I was 60, I think, well, you know, when I'm 65, I'll settle down. You know, mm. maybe this <laughs> would, you know or, or actually 55 was when I, I guess I was 55 or so when I first uh, retired. Wow. And every five years, sort of, uh, I think, you know, I better decide where I'm going to end up. You know? <laughs> and now I'm 72, so mm-hmm. my next decision point will be 75. <laughs> Can you talk about social activities? You know, you like sailing and so um, you have a yacht, but what other activities might retirees enjoy in Phuket? Okay. All right. No one can see you, right? <laughs> um, half of one back. <laughs> He's referring to something that's very liquidy. I'll be honest. When I first got there and I moved to this town, I lived in this town on the West Coast. You know, there are a lot of bars, a lot of expats who spend most of their time you know breakfast is a beer at 8 30 in the morning uh, there is that side of thailand i mean it's no secret oh day um, drinking wow yeah social activities uh, museums the big no, buddha no, there's, there's 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 no no museums i mean there's a lot of tourist related okay temples uh, yeah, places temple. yeah but i mean expats so really go to the temple that often. Mm, mm. Uh, you know, there are there are cricket clubs, there are uh, that, that's a game, by the way, for yeah, you. Yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. New Yorkers. That. <laughs> no, my, my father played, my father's from the West Indies, so he played, he played right. cricket. Okay. Right. What about pickleball? Um, yeah. uh, Have you heard of pickleball? No, I haven't. Oh good. That sounds good like something you. that will go down big in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, you'll have to Google that. It's a very big competitive right, sport right. in Florida. <laughs> you know, there there are a, a lot of organizations, groups. I mean, I was a member of the Grumpy Old Men's Society at one point. <laughs> what? Uh, I, I, I was serious? kicked out. For, I was kicked out for not being grumpy enough. You know? <laughs> are you serious? No, there's a whole, there's a whole, no, there's a whole chat all over. I mean, it's a bit like a Round Table. There are groups all over the place, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's still going in, in Phuket, but there are, you know, uh, chambers of commerce. I mean, I although I'm not working, I will go to uh, chamber of commerce events, you know, to have an interesting speaker. And I mean, most people that are in Phuket who aren't there for the beer, uh, you know, are there for the for the beach. To be honest, yeah, I mean, sure. A, a lot of people do hiking and bike riding. Oh, off, right. hiking. Off, uh, off-road vehicles, sailing is big because the uh, it's an island and there are lots of beautiful little islands mm-hmm. all the way around. Mm-hmm. Shopping? Yeah, there's huge shopping centres, I mean, as, as good as anywhere uh, in the world. And every uh, all your luxury brands and your there's, there's uh, factory stores. I mean, there's almost every... Con- 
conceivable uh, kind of uh, store. There's what the uh, Lazada is the Asian equivalent of Amazon. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. can't find it in a shop, you can get it in Lazada, and they're very efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what about restaurants? Are there like restaurants there? And do, oh, you, do you miss any British food that you can't get there? <laughs> Little fish and chips. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I keep I keep being told that you can now get good food in Britain, but. Well, there's uh, great yeah. Indian restaurants, yeah, that's right? There's good Indian restaurants in but no, you have, no, in London. fairness, you can you 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 can get decent food in uh, <laughs> in England now in some places. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I mean the food in in Phuket, there's every conceivable type of food, every conceivable range. I mean a lot of expats who are there maybe on a slightly limited budget. You know, you can eat. With street food or or even a, a local Thai restaurant, uh, I have a restaurant in the marina of all places where I can get a good Thai meal for 120 baht, which is uh, four dollars. Oh wow! Um, so you don't have to cook ever, really? No, I, I don't. No, oh. uh, <laughs> you know it, it, I'm lazy, and <laughs> it, it's it costs you more to buy the ingredients than right. it does to go. Because you know what, if you buy all the ingredients, you don't, you don't use them all right. for, for one meal. Right, right. Um, and, that's and my how, goal, not to how's, cook. How's the fish? Are there good fish restaurants there? I can imagine. Yes, yeah. I mean, there's lots. I mean, again, it's an island. There's lots of right, fresh yeah. fish. You can. One of the joys of where I used to live, and I, I, you can be almost anywhere in the island. You're only thirty minutes from everywhere else, mm. uh, unless you live in the right down the end. The southern end is is probably the biggest concentration of expats because the beaches are not quite as good so they don't get so many uh, tourists they get yeah. mostly expats one of the biggest joys would be where i used to live and i can get back there in about 25 minutes by motorbike now it is one of the beachside restaurants with barbecuing fresh fish oh wow um, Yep. Because it faces west, you can sit there watching the sun go down over the ocean oh, and palm nice. trees. Mm-hmm. And many times I'll be sitting there, I've got a very good friend who still lives in that town, will sit there saying, you can't really believe that this is this is it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. where else could you be with this beautiful food, very friendly people who know you, you've got this amazing view. Life, As you say, life doesn't get any better. You know? Right, right, right. So I have um, a question, actually, some information to share for the listeners who actually think of Thailand as a tourist um, vacation, but they want to bring back items. Okay, I brought up earlier that it's illegal to uh, leave the country, leave Thailand with Buddha images and images uh, typically is referred to three-dimensional cast items of the Buddha. So the person, uh, there was a blogger who said, well, I don't plan to leave Thailand, but, you know, I have friends and relatives in, uh, I think he's from uh, Britain, that I'd like to send some of these items to. And so how hard would it be to, you know, leave with these things? Because I, for one, and I know many people love all those, you know, Buddha and and related um, uh, statues. So this this falls under the uh, export laws and under the customs, uh, various acts. And the bottom line is you have to get 
there are like more than 50 categories of restricted goods and the export of them requires written permission and or a license. If you're caught with any of these prohibited items, the government could either confiscate them, issue a fine, or possibly imprison you. So we want to avoid all that. And the items include obscene objects. I'm not sure what that might be. Pornographic materials. Oh, think about it. I'm sure you could think. <laughs> <laughs> goods Sorry featuring, no, no, goods featuring <laughs> the Thai flag, narcotics, fake currency, bonds or coins. I'm not sure why fake currency matters to anyone, but fake royal seals and original seals, goods that infringe intellectual property rights, right? And counterfeit trademark. Now, I know in addition to the above, the government does place particular reverence on all items of the Buddha. As a result, it strictly prohibits the export of any and all Buddha items without written permission or the license. And, and a lot of this makes sense. I mean, according to the Ancient Monuments, Antiques, Objects of Art, National Museum Act, um, written permission and an accompanying export permit must be obtained from the Fine Arts Department in advance of exporting anything larger than 12 centimeters, which is uh, like four and a half inches. And this is very key. There's a total export ban on parts of Buddha items, such as the head, hands, or feet. And this ruling was made to prevent looters from removing antique fragments of from Buddhist uh, monuments and in an effort to protect the sanctity of the country's religious culture. Now, there's a maximum of five items allowed per shipment per person. And also, bear in mind, you will need a separate permit for every item. And that process takes three to five days per submission. Also, also, this is the big one. Officials from the Fine Arts Department will need to inspect each one before they can issue a permit. Oh, that's quite a process. And my Thai statue, I think I bought from Home Depot. Um, <laughs> and it was just so easy. And and must she must be, what, 24, like three feet tall. Uh, beautiful. Um, although uh, a big uh, storm we had a few years ago broke off her arms. So I have her arms respectfully. Well, Venus, the statue of Venus, man. <laughs> <laughs> her arm is respectfully uh, laid next to her body. But didn't say you could bring tr little trinkets. Back. Well, yeah, little little trinkets. Even if those trinkets are made of gold, or precious metal, um, those that are under five inches will not um, oh, bring back. will not attract scrutiny. And also, you said some stores they have oh, yeah, a and, certificate, and, right? True. And some store owners equip their products with the proper exportation documentation. So uh, I, I think the average person who goes there, who's not familiar with the law, um, will not easily, uh, if, especially if they're buying, you know how you buy souvenirs on the last day of the trip? Oh, I have to get this for my aunt and I have to get this for my cousin. No, well, that, forget but... that. Forget that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I'm totally unaware of. Of 60 items. And did you say something about flags? Something with the flag? Um, that Oh, oh yes. Goods featuring the Thai flag. I, I've never heard of that before. I mean, the, the, there's a big sign when you when you drive into, onto the island from the airport, there's a giant hoarding saying 
you know, it's an offense to export images of the Buddha. Oh. <clears throat> I've never seen, I've never actually seen any place where you could buy images of the Buddha. So it would be kind of black market. I don't know how a regular tourist would find any of these things. Mm. Um, I've never heard of it being illegal to remove the, the flag, an image of the flag or any particular reason why you'd want to. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't if, know if, how much of this is enforced, right? I, yeah, I don't. Probably if you put it in your suitcase, who knows? I mean, Thailand is Thailand. I doubt whether, <laughs> if, even if they x-rayed your bags, the chances of the guy looking at the x-ray being awake uh, are, pretty, <laughs> are pretty slim. No, that's so, a good point. That's a very. I'm good not point. encouraging. I'm not encouraging. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Smuggling yeah. or of course or, you know, not. Of course of not. But as I say, I, it's not like the the streets are lined with uh, you know shops selling you know because it's illegal. So mm. there aren't. I've well, it's it, no, it's not. So long as you comply. Well, well as long as you don't are. take it out of the take it out of the country, right? Right, right, if you comply with the paperwork, which, hey, listen, if I'm there, I'm going to know exactly what to do. You're going to go all the way to Thailand? You're going to worry about bringing uh, food or that? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, look, I, I just want to, I, I was just shocked by some of this. And you have to respect the country. Remember, you are right. a guest. You yes. are a guest. Yes. Yeah. Well, that that's a very good, you, you, you bring up a um, Another one of my little uh, bugbears is be, we, on on these discussion pages on Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. people. Um, th- there's one particular issue doesn't bother me in the least, but but pisses off mo- a lot of people. There mm. is there's a dual pricing system, and foreigners pay more for certain things. Uh, the one that gets most people upset is national parks are like forty baht, which is like a dollar twenty for a Thai person or literally 10 times that for <gasps> a foreigner. Is that right? Yeah, it's 400, 400 baht for a foreigner, 40 baht for a Thai. So how and do you prove that at the gate? You show your your birth certificate? I don't or? know whether you ever noticed, but, you know, Thais and Westerners look well, a little yeah, bit All right, but what about me? I mean, I don't look like you. Yes, you... you, uh, you true. You... If... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh huh, and there are a lot of Chinese in Thai. Yeah, like, I mean, that, 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 I don't know. I, I've never been <laughs> into a national park with a non-Thai Asian person, and I mean, a lot, of, a lot of people will be complaining it's racist and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then wow. other people will say, you know, look, you're a guest in their country, yeah. etc. Right. And yeah. my response to that is always, yeah, I'm a guest, but I'm in a, I'm a guest in the sense that a hotel has guests. Mm. You know, you're paying quite a lot of money to right. live or go on vacation. Mm. True. So you should be in the same way that you should. I mean, you should behave yourself wherever you go. I mean, unfortunately, it's true of every nationality. The British are probably worse than even you guys uh, on holiday. You know? <laughs> really? You think so? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> well, oh, I'm we, gonna. We, I'm we, not gonna answer that. Yeah, we don't wear such outrageous clothes, you know, on holiday. <laughs> but but we're really noisy, and the Brits get drunk, you know, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. What, what a lot of people don't realize about the south of Thailand and Phuket. In particular, it's basically Muslim. 
Seventy-five mm. percent of the people in in uh, in Phuket are Muslims. Yes. Oh wow! Uh, I knew that. The South is very Muslim. That has a number of implications, not least the call to prayer at four thirty in the morning. You know, if you, whenever you, uh, the advice is if you're renting somewhere, go there for twenty four hours and see what the sound of the. You know, <laughs> I, I find it really nice. It's kind of almost mm, it, it's um, very. Uh, it's kind of exotic feel about it. Mm, you know, mm. If it's a little bit quiet in the distance, you know. Right. Right. Um, Back to the main point is that it, it's Muslim, so they're not so terribly happy with, you know, rather overweight, usually Russians, shopping in their um, beachwear, in their bikinis and their little skimpy. Uh, <laughs> neither am I. I mean, I don't want to go shopping for food <laughs> and be confronted by an overweight Russian guy with what they call budgie smugglers, you know. Whoa, you know what, what that wait, is. wait, what? Bungee? Budgie smugglers. Bu- budgie smugglers. Because I think it comes from Australia. I think somebody smuggled budgeries, gars in their underwear. So <laughs> uh, Australians call those little, uh, what do you call those? Um, Speedos? Sorry, say again? Speedos? Yes, yeah, Speedos, little Speedos, <laughs> you know, with certain shapes to them, budgie smugglers. <laughs> You've got a budgie in, in that respect. I agree with you 100%. If you're a, a, an expat or a tourist, have some empathy with the the local population and the local culture. Yeah. You know, you're on the beach, sure, wear, wear a bikini or swimsuit. Right. But when you're off the beach, you know, put your shirt on and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Right. That's um, another one of the, the, the laws, I think, or, or, that you could get. Oh yeah! Fined Don't you have for. to? You can't you have, have to have good, a shirt. You can't be shirtless, right? Well, that's certainly not enforced. <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, the, you see a lot of shirtless people, and, and in, honestly, ties as well as foreigners. I mean, it, ah, you know, oh, ties will, if it's really hot, there'll be mm-hmm. men. Obviously, will be. Shirt, <laughs> will, will wear, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> sad, sadly, um, <laughs> sadly, will be, <laughs> will be uh, sitting outside. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That whole guest thing. I mean, yes, it's true. You are a guest, so at yeah. least have some. I, I'm always very interested in in where I am. I mean, the, a lot of people who go on holiday have absolutely no curiosity about where they are or I what know. they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will yeah. say Americans are quite rude. Even though I'm an American, I don't. I don't. Con- sometimes I I shouldn't say this too loud, but I don't consider <laughs> myself because look. I'm I'm treated as a foreigner in my own country. People right. always ask me, where are you from? And I'll say, Brooklyn. No, no, no. Where are you from? And I'll say, oh, I was um, born in Brazil. No, no. But where are you from? I'm like, God damn it. What do you <laughs> right. want me to say? China? I have never been to China. But you know right. what? I'm Chinese. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's become a big thing, obviously, recently in the U.S. Yeah. The, the anti-Asian. Oh, the, yeah. The anti-Asian. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. No, it's, it's yeah. not just ridiculous. It's outright outright horrible. horrible yeah. yeah. We've seen all these videos of these poor poor people just getting punched in the yeah. face. Right. It's, it's one I mean, I walk down the street and I make believe I'm fixing my mask just so <laughs> that if someone comes near me, they'll they'll get my hand before my, you know. Really? My, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, oh, yeah. You're, you're... I mean, you never know. I, I try well, to. I mean, I'm pretty assertive. I'm a, you know, I'm a tough Brooklyn girl. <laughs> Look, you just don't know the the people that were caught on video. 
um, they were just uh, one of one or two recent ones, um, simply walking down the block. And this guy came up and straight on out of the blue, just bashed her in the face. Well, there was a Thai man in, uh, I think it was in San Francisco of all places, who was pushed over and and died. He banged his head and. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. So it's, you know, yeah. So back to paying more. As a, as a tourist or someone who doesn't not not originally from the country in New York City, because we live here, we go to the museums for free. A lot of the museums for free, and anybody from outside the city has to pay oh, ten dollars right. or twenty dollars, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it particularly upsets uh, and, and understandably upsets people who are working in Thailand have oh. work permits. Ah. Mm-hmm. Are paying taxes. Paying, yeah, maybe they're married. They have a, a Thai family, and yet they're still treated as flangs and have mm-hmm. to pay. Ah. Them, mm-hmm. you know. mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. But it, you know, as I say, it doesn't affect me very much. I, I used to volunteer when I first got to Phuket. I volunteered in a um a, a gibbon. It's called the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project, which is a gibbon is a, a type of ape. And they used oh, right. to be, or still are used mm-hmm. to a fair amount, not so much in Phuket anymore, as a tourist attraction, particularly the babies. It was the, the facility was to rescue these, try and pair them up with wife, husband, whatever, create mm-hmm. a family, and then we would resettle them back into the forest. Uh, it's in a national park, so I I had ready access to a national park without having to pay at all. Um, but then I was working. You know, right. So, you did a lot um, of work <laughs> to right. further the families. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But after after volunteering at NGOs working for humans in Vietnam, mm. I found working for apes to be a little bit easier. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, anything else? Well, I should say other apes. Since other we apes. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. Okay. I think we've covered quite a lot and I and you've given us the flavor of Phuket which is really uh cuz we're, we're this is our second Asian country I mentioned and there's just so much we don't know mm-hmm. and don't even know where to begin to ask and part of that I guess is also the distance I mean my mom would fly to Shanghai you know years ago and it would take you know 18 hours so psychologically it just feels so out of reach but really it's uh you know we we've done quite a few shows on Mexico and to me you know hey that's a three-hour flight from New York so I mean obviously on the east east side can be um so it's it seems so so less mysterious to me. And especially since even though I yet, yeah, as I mentioned, I've never been to China and I'm Chinese, but I will very soon. I just don't know that I've covered all the relevant information. But um, Richard, do you I have mean, any it, words? It, it, for, you, yeah, you raise a, a good point that retirees should consider that <laughs> that most of my friends have have relationship problems with their children so they don't visit them. <laughs> they have to come back here that often. Um, <laughs> I, I have uh, two of my American friends there um, mm-hmm. have kids, but they they have uh, communications difficulties. Uh-huh. That You have to consider that if you have close relations with your relatives, uh, you're absolutely right. It is a monstrous journey uh, and the older you get, the worse it gets. Um, from 
my daughter in LA to to Phuket is a 14-hour time difference Mm -hmm. first. So that's the first sort of thing to think about. The actual journey is anywhere from 20 to 30 hours. Uh, Actually, 20, you have to be doing pretty well. And with that time difference, if you uh, come here to visit your come back here to re- visit your relatives you've got the first couple of weeks you're you know, some pretty serious jet lag um so it's not convenient if you either have to or want to come backwards and forwards the one of the interesting things about the covid uh, this new sandbox thing and all this constantly changing regulations is there's been it, it's brought out a lot of discussion on the internet, you know, Facebook groups for expats about I've had it with Thailand, you know, Costa Rica is much better and Vietnam's going to overtake them and so on and so forth. You know, that that's possible. The Thais don't, despite having, being so reliant on foreign income, either tourists or expat, I don't even think they calculate how much we, the expat community, contribute. Mm. They think of tourists, of course, we Westerners think of tourists as us, you know, oh, Australians mm-hmm. or Brits or Americans, right. whereas the majority of tourists are Chinese or Korean or now becoming Indian. The Swedes were a huge, Scandinavians were a huge percentage of Phuket's really? visitors five, ten years ago. That's now reduced quite substantially. Oh. Uh, huge numbers of Russians. Um, the, well, yes, come out on... on Facebook pages about people saying other countries are more convenient, more this, more that. Um, <clears throat> I can only speak personally. I mean, for yeah. me, both now and even more before COVID, it's the perfect place because it's so convenient to get back to Vietnam. We, Pre-COVID, we'll go back there two or three times a year. The climate is is, is great. The rainy season is, is great because it, you know, it rains for about two or three hours and there's no foreigners around. Nobody else comes there. Um, everything's cheaper and uh, the roads yeah. are much less crowded and blah, blah, blah. The The biggest disadvantage would be the distance. I don't, I don't know how long I, should, I will stay there, but I'm very happy there right now. Yeah. I wish I was back there, to be honest. I think my daughter wishes I was back there. <laughs> Okay. No, no, no. I love you, Dad, but enough. No, no. You're in the. You have your own room. You have your own room. So, Richard, any. uh, This has been wonderful, by the way. Thank you for everything. All the insight. If you think, if you think of anything else you want to ask, please. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, I'm surprised you're 72. I I hadn't pegged that. You look 10 years younger, at least. I'm serious. Moisturizer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but really. Really, the secret to life. You really use yeah. it? Oh, okay. Because I no don't even. Oh my god! No Botox. I, I, more Botox? Oh, really? No. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, I can't really tell. No. You know, it's all, wow. it's all, uh, it's all, all good quality moisturizer. Yeah, gee. You be, yeah, you you better ask him what he's using. Well, no, I'm just saying because <laughs> you wanna you wanna age your skin well. Okay, I shouldn't talk. Oh, I shouldn't talk. Well, it's certainly um, out there and on a boat. Got oh, to, sunscreen. You've got to be, care- yeah. you got to yeah. be careful. Um, yeah, you don't want to get skin cancer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, as you know, people, uh, white-skinned people, uh, <laughs> when they get to the to the tropics, they think, oh, sun, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like it is at home, you know, mm-hmm. like an exactly. hour later when they're 
fried bright red um, <laughs> you know, it's pretty powerful yeah yeah okay so let's ask you our big uh ending question like we do in all our shows any advice for um future retirees who wish to retire to it, phuket it's a it's a great choice or any advice about retirement you said you retired as, early so you're lucky soon as you do it as soon as you can don't listen to these people who say Oh, I don't know what I do if I retire. I get so bored. You know, it's 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 bullshit. It's great. You know? yeah, yeah, I don't understand yeah. those people. Um, I don't either. I don't either. No, I don't. Uh, but but it, it's appalling how programmed we are. Because even after I've been retired for what fifteen something years now, I still wake up on a Saturday morning and think, oh, I don't. It's Sunday. I don't have to get up today early. <laughs> And I think, wait a minute, I don't have to get up any day early. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. What's so different about Saturday? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, the, 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 the advice would be, my advice would be give it a good six months. Don't, don't judge it, particularly depending on where you – first piece of advice is choose where you go in Phuket carefully. Visit and stay there for a while in, in different areas to find – because if you're – you know, Thailand does have a well-earned reputation uh, for certain activities. Oh, please. Oh, I was so concerned about that. When we um, interview guests, you know, we do a fair amount of research about the individual. Although, as I mentioned, you are quite off the radar. <laughs> I didn't think about me. And uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so and we were worried about we're like, oh, is this just one of those old white guys who go there and find some... 22-year-old poor Asian female and, you know, <laughs> who, but, has a, uh, who has a sick buffalo and an <laughs> uncle who's in hospital and a father whose truck has broken down. You know, <laughs> they have a whole book. They have a whole book oh. of, of scripts, you know. Yeah, oh so goodness. so so those activities, and, and you hear about it all the time, and it right. really belittles the Asian females of the world, which, which is just... Don't get me started. It's it's a disgust. That's all I have to say. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> I, I used to remember people when I first went to Vietnam and all these people oh, said, oh, yeah, same. I, love, I love Asian women. They're oh. so quiet and submissive. You know? oh, my God. And we used to say, anybody who thinks Asian women are submissive has never pissed one off. <laughs> <laughs> Or Mac Yo. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. You know, right? No, and, but you know, no, no. They they, they they confuse compliance with laws as submission in yeah. sex. I mean, that's a real problem. Right. I mean that that that's one I'm of the. We're ending on this conversation, though. I got to tell you. Yeah. And we did, this may not be part of your well. Just to get to to wrap up that bit about yeah. um, advice would be: don't judge the island by the first place you stop. Depending on where that is, of course, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's very again pre-COVID because now uh, all of the all of that activity tends to be focused on the. West Coast tourist areas. Now that's all stopped, and those those cities, those towns are dying. I mean, it's it's like a you drive through along the West Coast, and it's like a post-apocalyptic scenario right now. I mean, it's all the street lights aren't on. It's really terrible, and the people are 
I mean, a lot of us have been getting together. You talked about social activities, mm-hmm. helping to prepare meals. I mean, I've, I've been working in kitchens in a restaurant in the marina to make food to give to the local people because they're starving. Oh, nice. Um, I guess it's true of any country, is have a look around first, stay there for a while to to before you decide whether you want, want, to, want to live there. Mm-hmm. And, and even when you decide it, give it a good six months because it takes a while to, to get the feel of a place. Right. Basically, Phuket has everything you, good and bad, everything you want or need. I mean, it's pretty touch wood, pretty secure place. I mean, it, there's... there's Again, pre-COVID, I mean, there's been a little bit of an increase in crime recently, mm-hmm. but n- nothing too dramatic. Right. I would say be very careful if you, you know, don't rent a motorbike, if you've never driven a motorbike before. <laughs> mm. um, don't, don't use a motorbike. The roads are very dangerous. Are you in a gated community? He's no. Oh, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It, it, yes, it, uh, it, it, it's sort of. I mean, there is, <laughs> there is a security gate, but if it's raining, he doesn't come out of his hut. You know? <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. Good for them to know, the burglars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I live in the marina, which is quite a large complex, so uh, it is theoretically gated. It's not gated in the sense that there's a big gate with a lock on it, but right. there are gated communities if you want to be mm-hmm very secure Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. if you're worried about security and and you should be now because you know people are suffering uh you're better off renting in either a gated community or in a uh, condominium building Mm -hmm. rather than a house even though a house as i said before you can get a you know two or three bedroom house for you know very very little money right uh your security is going to be a little bit more questionable i'm not aware of a security risk at the moment Um, although i was just reading the other day that the uh, number of guns per capita in thailand is as high as the u.s wow Um, oh that's pretty high that's shocking i never (laughs) felt that yeah yeah no and and in a few road rage incidents that have resulted in shootouts so the the big attraction to me one of the big attractions to me about vietnam and vietnamese women is their ability to be uh so feminine so uh strong and survive in such a chauvinistic society and the same is true in thailand Mm -hmm. Uh, and you look back at the the role of women in in vietnamese history uh, how many heroes and heroine are heroines that were leaders of revolutions against? Sorry, but you guys, the Chinese, mm-hmm. uh, since mm-hmm. Vietnam was a province of China for no a thousand taken. years, <laughs> the uh, perseverance and the resilience of the people. Uh, Thailand hasn't suffered in the same way because it was a not occupied by any Europeans or Chinese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as bad a problem as Cambodia. I mean, Cambodia is a lot mm. more uh, trafficking and all of those issues in Cambodia. There are in Vietnam, in fact, I, I, I help support a group that tries to educate uh, minority. There are 54 ethnic minorities in Vietnam, and uh, it's a big issue in the mountains, particularly on the Chinese border, because China's running out of women, you know, with the one child program. Oh, God. There are too many men, so they just pop over the border and grab, you know, a wife. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't seem, that isn't such an issue in Thailand. Thailand seems to be more, the, the trafficking from Thailand 
seems to be more uh, come and work in uh, Qatar or somewhere in the Middle East, you know, sort of great job, uh, massage, whatever it is, and then mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, becomes mm-hmm. a problem. But yeah, it is possible to live in Phuket and not be close to any of the mm-hmm. dodgy places. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, on the other hand, there are some great beach clubs on the West Coast. If you want to, you know, party on the beach, pay LA prices for a margarita, um, <laughs> there are plenty of places like that. I mean, there's a lot of restaurant owners that must, in the good times, have made a lot of money because, uh, you know, a five-star meal in Phuket is not very different to what it is here. Wow. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. But you can, as I say, you can eat in a, a less expensive, you know, in a local place or even in a, a middle, like a, a Western-style restaurant for a fraction of the price. You know, yeah, you've got yeah. Short, you've got yeah. the entire range of, uh, right. of options. Yeah, and I love street food, so that's my way to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and the street All food right. in, in Thailand, uh, not people don't get sick. Don't seem to. I mean, Vietnam, mm. you, oh. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't eat food in the street in Vietnam. Mm, interesting. Um, the in, in Thailand, they, they it doesn't seem to be an issue. You don't hear of people getting uh, mm-hmm. uh, stomach problems from eating in the street. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, Richard, we thank you so much for being on oh, our thank show. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Same here. We stay in touch. If we should be interested to... to hear how I sound. <laughs> ah, you sound great, by the way. Love well, the English accent. Love the English <laughs> accent. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. I've still got it. I mean, I, after yeah. 25 years in New York, I mean, other than a few. A few words. I mean, well, I think uh, it's you know it's where you're no, you're raised, really. Usually, usually they lose a little, yeah. No, not well, it, it, not. I, if it's I found teenager. it very. I very quickly uh, latched on to schedule and quarter, water. That's not how you pronounce it anyway. It's not uh, water. Water. Joyzy. Uh, 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 <laughs> the, the thing that really stuck in my throat that took me forever to get over was tomato. Ah. Ah. And and I would go into a deli, you know, in in Manhattan or wherever and ask ask for, you know, whatever it was with tomato. And then everybody would go, oh, tomato. (laughs) So I had to to force myself to start saying tomato. But there's so many Brits in in New York. I mean, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's lost. It's lost its attraction. When I first went there, there weren't that many, you know, especially uh-huh. out west. Uh-huh. I remember going skiing in uh, in Colorado and with uh, my then wife, actually mm-hmm. my, my mm-hmm. daughter's mother, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, you know, so there were like no, <clears throat> almost no Brits around. It was like really novel to be have a British accent back then. Now you know, they're like, "Oh, James Bond, <laughs> James right. Bond." Now walking yeah. around LA, I mean, I hear nothing but English voices. Ah, really? <laughs> That's funny. I know, I know. So we will be in touch, okay. and if we make our way to Phuket. We will try to find you. Uh, oh, I yeah. guess we'll have to say, hey, Richard, where in Facebook are you? <laughs> or maybe we'll like walk along one of the West Coast beaches and, and, and you know, like. East Coast now. Oh, he's on the East Coast now. See, we can't find him. No, but I do. Uh, I, go, I go to the West Coast 
well, prior to COVID, at least once or twice a week, <laughs> dinner with my friends. But I, I'm in Facebook under my name, so you better find me easily enough. <laughs> okay. Will do, will right. do. All right, be well. Okay, you too. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.